Hello and welcome to Full Metal Calvinist, a podcast exploring Christian theology from John Calvin's Institutes of the Christian Religion, as well as looking at its continued relevance for today. I'm Mark. And I'm Michael. And thanks for joining us on our very first ever episode. So, Michael, um, why not share with us, not, not share with us, lah, but share with our listeners, uh, however little they may be, we trust that there will be some. Uh, what's the, what, what was the story behind the name of our podcast? And uh, why, right, right. why we are doing so, uh, all of this? Okay. Um, so actually, we spoke to a friend and he um, suggested that we actually come up with the name Full Metal Calvinist. Um, this is also because it sounds much nicer than Full Metal Reformed. Uh, but we also want to be very clear that we are Calvinistic in our theology and that this whole podcast is about exploring Calvin's religious thought. Uh, we may not agree with him in every minute detail, but by and large, we are really proud to uh, call Calvin um, to call ourselves Calvinists in that sense. And hopefully, if you spend enough time with us, you will see why. So, um, a little about the two of us. Uh, both of us are members of a local church in Singapore, uh, Gospel Light Christian Church. Uh, I am Michael. I'm 25 years old, and I just graduated from university. Right, and I'm Mark, and I'm 24, and I'm finishing up my final year at Singapore Management University. So, we, we have shared a little about who we are. Uh, perhaps I think it would be appropriate right now to say who we are not. Uh, I think we want to make it extremely, extremely clear beyond any reasonable doubt. We are not pastors. Uh, more importantly, we are not your pastors. So please do stay in your local church. We are not the ones who are praying for you, who are shepherding you, who are caring for you. Right? Those are all the roles and responsibilities of your pastor in your local church. So please do stay in your local church. We are not Calvin scholars as well. We are simply two laypersons. I think to be less charitable, we say we are two scrubs who just yeah. love to talk <laughs> about theology. Uh, we have had a lot of conversations among us between the two of us. I, I've been talking to Michael, uh, having chats with Michael about doctrine, about theology for some time now. And we thought, you know, why not jump on the podcast bandwagon and start recording our conversations for people to hear. So we are going to have a lot of growing pains because this is our both our first time uh, starting a podcast. So we do ask for your charity. We do ask for your kindness. We would like any kind of feedback and we are very willing to correct ourselves if we do make mistakes. So if you do want to reach out to us to highlight any mistakes that, we, that uh, we've made, please do get in touch with us. Right. So Michael, we are called Full Metal Calvinists and I think any Calvinistic podcast would be remiss if we didn't share some background about who John Calvin was. So, please, who was the man? Right. So, um, John Calvin uh, was a French theologian 
a pastor and reformer in Geneva during the Protestant Reformation. Uh, in church history, he was arguably the most famous Protestant reformer, arguably even more so than Martin Luther himself in some circles. Um, Calvin belonged to a second generation of reformers who were ironing out their distinctive theologies in a systematic fashion. He had other disciples in a particular region and uh, in a particular language group. So uh, he was born in Noyon, France in 1509 uh, as the second of seven sons. He was originally trained as a humanist lawyer with a strong interest in theology. In 1536, I think, it was uh, when John Calvin entered Geneva, right, which I think most people will understand would have been the very, which is what really Calvin is, is most famous for. Uh, if people were to talk about John Calvin, most probably one could uh, associate it with Geneva, that very uh, town where he remained for two years uh, and gave biblical lectures preached and actually published his initial outline of the Institutes. But in 1538, there were several ecclesiastical uh, political concerns that led to Calvin's banishment from Geneva. But in 1541, he returned to Geneva and actually took on the role of the pastor leader of the city. And that is really the, the reason why Calvin is so associated with Geneva. And if he were to go all the way down to Geneva today, there is this church called St. Pierre's Cathedral, and in St. Peter's Cathedral, there is actually still that chair which John Calvin would sit uh, to wait for his turn to get up onto the pulpit to preach. And there he would remain in Geneva for the next two decades until his death in 1564. Right. So for Calvin, uh, most importantly, God must be at the center of everything, right? In all of life, in all of church, in all of worship. So he was very patriotic. He was uh, indebted especially to St. Augustine, the church father, um, who wrote famous works such as Confessions and the City of God. And this was um, the kind of religious heritage that Calvin grew up in, he imbibed, and he was very familiar with, just like Martin Luther himself. Um, yes. Right, so at the end, at the heart of Calvin's theology what we really see is that he presumed a loving, merciful, personal God, uh, a Trinitarian God who actively sought out sinners to draw them to himself. And really, he used two key phrases to describe the Christian life. Number one, that faith is the principal work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and number two, that prayer is the principal exercise of that faith. And really, all of life for Calvin right, was to be lived before God as a prayer something, the Latin, Corum Deo, right, before the face of God. And within this life of prayer, in gratitude for this gracious gift of salvation, Calvin understood that believers would then go on to live orderly uh, and socially redemptive lives. We've just covered very briefly a very small biography of Calvin, uh, who the man was and the essence of his theology. And I think it would be most appropriate right now to consider why he actually wrote the Institutes. We, we don't have to guess why he wrote the Institutes because he tells Francis the first King of France in a letter dated 1536. And he sets out the fundamental impulse which led him to write the Institutes. He says this, and I quote, my intention was only to furnish a kind of rudiments by which those who feel some interest in religion might be trained to true godliness. 
and I toiled at a task chiefly for the sake of my countrymen, the French, multitudes of whom I perceived to be hungering and thirsting after Christ, while very few seemed to have been duly imbued with even a slender knowledge of him. So we can see um, that Calvin really perceived his own work as a kind of preliminary handbook to train those who are interested in the things of God to a state of true godliness. And we can see also his audience. Uh, he was fundamentally geared towards his own people, the French, who were mired in a deep hunger and thirst for Christ, but they were not even equipped with the slightest knowledge of who he was. And so the Institutes was written really to meet that kind of hunger and thirst that Calvin observed in um, the congregation of that time. And Calvin also really sought the restoration of the true gospel of Christ over all things, over miracles and over custom. And for Calvin, the true church of Christ is not so much marked by external splendor and pomp, but really by the pure preaching of the word of God and a due administration of the sacraments. Right, and if we were to look at Calvin's organization of the Institutes, you will see his Trinitarian fundamentals uh, really come into the fr uh, forefront. Because if you were to understand, uh, Calvin organized the Institutes into four books, and these four books really correspond with four loci, namely God the Creator, uh, God the Redeemer, God the Spirit, and lastly, the Church. So Calvin's understanding was that, as we've mentioned earlier, that at the heart of life, at the heart of worship, was a Trinitarian God. And how we understand him as one who is also three. Right, and I, we are excited to explore these um, subsequent concepts and doctrines in later episodes. Uh, it would, I think, uh, help if we told you what edition we are currently using for this uh, show. We are using the Henry Beveridge translation of the 1559 edition of the Institutes. All right, it's the Henry Beveridge translation. We couldn't afford the McNeil Battles one, although it is the most authoritative. Uh, After yeah. all, we are not seminarians. Uh, so the Henry Beveridge edition, I think you could get them in a single volume, uh, the, like the one Michael has, or you could get it in the double volume one, uh, like the one that I do. Right. So I think we have covered sufficiently about Calvin's life. Uh, as well as why he wrote the Institutes. Quite a compelling intention, compelling reason, I, I would suppose. But why does Calvin still matter, despite all the caricatures and misconceptions? Michael, what do you think? Right, so um, I think one thing that oftentimes gets brought up when we speak about Calvinism is really that it's reduced to nothing more than just tulip, um, the five points, um, the double predestination, fatalism, um, even the lack of preaching the gospel that the God that Calvin supposedly worshipped as a God utterly without grace and um, everything was already predestined from the very onset. And Calvin was also famously, um, you know, accused of burning some heretics, which uh, is a bit more complicated than that. 
Right. And I think ultimately why is most important and why Kelvin still matters for us today really can be seen in the prefatory letter to the French king already, right? Because Kelvin was writing to a time and for people who are hungering for God, but they didn't even have the slightest knowledge of who he was. And I don't think that um, it's very much different in our day today where we see a growing numbers of churches, we see many evangelicals, but they don't even have the slightest um, knowledge of doctrines such as the Trinity, um, the, the importance of the sacraments and so on. And I think in that sense, Calvin really speaks to us today and Calvin really shows that he, he is not some voice to be relegated to the bygone past, but he is still one who really still has much to instruct um, believers in this day and age. Right, and so I think that's all the time we have for today. Uh, it is a introductory episode after all our very first episode. And so again, we do hope for charity. We do hope for kindness as we slowly try to improve our podcasting skills and work out all the kings that we may have had. So we do hope that you can join us for our next episode where we begin the Institutes proper with book one, chapter one on the knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves. Uh, do give us a like and a review on your podcast app. We are in the midst of getting our social media up. So if you want to get in touch for now, do get in touch with me on Instagram at Full Metal Calvinist without the S. All right, that is Full Metal Calvinist without an S. So do give this episode a share and we'll see you soon. <laughs>